This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 14. And uh, no, Larry, we're not going to quite make it across yet, but we're on our way. We're preparing to cross and uh, Moses is going to be moving. God's going to be moving. And uh, it's important to see some of the pictures that are happening as they, as we see God saving his people from the Egyptians and the Egyptians are bearing down on them. And in verse 13, it says, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oftentimes in life, that's what God says. He says, stand still and don't be afraid. That throughout scripture, this, this phrase is, is a phrase that is for us all the time. It is a exhortation. It's an encouragement for us to walk by faith because remember, fear is the opposite of faith and faith is, is what we engage in in order to overcome fear. And so do not be afraid is seen all the time, all the time. If you look throughout scripture and look for that phrase, do not be afraid, you'll find that it's in many passages. It's in many stories because God understands that our natural state in our sinfulness is fear. In fact, in the Garden of Eden, that's exactly what was going on when they ate the fruit of the tree. They made clothing from the, for themselves from the tree leaves and they hid because they were afraid. And uh, sin causes fear in our hearts. But the truth is that God's salvation is the methodology by which we move past our fear is the way we move on past what what causes us to to tremble and it is what causes us to have hope and it's what causes us to walk in the power and the presence and the blessings of God and he says do not be afraid stand still and see the salvation of the Lord now you go why is that important right there you got to remember as we said yesterday they had not seen most of the plagues that happened in Egypt. They'd heard about them. They knew that they were going on. They experienced some of them to a lesser extent, but they had not seen all the plagues that had plagued the Egyptians. So the power of God was not as evident to them as it was to the Egyptians. And they needed to stand there and see God move too. They needed an opportunity to see the hand of God at work in their lives. And oftentimes we hear about God, what God has done through scripture. We hear what God has done through our family and our friends and our church, our church families. And we hear about stories about God moving. And oftentimes we just, in our minds, we believe that God can do those things. We believe that he does do those things. We're just not sure about what happened. And we don't have that faith about God moving. And oftentimes God is going to move in your life when you're willing to set aside fear and watch him move. He will move for you. 
And why does he do that? Because he wants you to see the salvation he's providing. He wants you to realize it. He wants you to know that it's possible. He wants you to know that he's at work and he wants it to be evident to you that he's intimately involved in your life. He's not just involved in the life of the world. He's not just involved in in the circumstances of others. He's involved in your life. And God wants to be involved in your life. He wants to come down and he wants you to see him at work. He wants you to glorify him for who he is, not just in a global sense, not in a corporate sense, but in a completely personal sense. And Moses says, listen, y'all hadn't seen it all. Let me show you what God can do. And he says, stand still and see what the, see the salvation God's going to accomplish for you today. He's going to accomplish it for you today. For the Egyptians whom today you shall see again no more forever. That's powerful words. That, those are strong words. Those exciting words, actually. He's saying this enemy that you see today bearing down on you will no more be an enemy for you forever and ever. What a promise. I think that is exciting. And know this. Notice that Moses, who has seen the hand of the Lord, is the one saying it. And he has full expectations. I, I've already dealt with them. God's got full control over them. And just because they're pitching a fit and coming and attacking us, after they've seen the mighty hand of God come down on them, I can promise you this, he's about to crush them, and he does crush them. And so you can see the faith of Moses, and the faith of Moses comes from being still and seeing God move. And sometimes you miss out on seeing God move because you try to fix your problems rather than taking your burdens to the Lord. The Bible clearly teaches that we're to take our struggles and our difficulties to him and to allow him to have an opportunity to have access into our lives and into what's going on with us so that he might show himself to be our God and that he might show himself to be our friend. Can you? Do you take your burdens to him? Do you take your problems to him? Do you take your struggles to him so that he can prove himself to be? Or are you always busy trying to fix things? Are you always busy trying to control things? That's even worse, right? We like to say we're trying to fix stuff. A lot of times what we're really just trying to do is control things. And are you allowing God to be God in your life or you continue trying to be in control? The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Notice he says God's going to fight for you and hold your peace means to be quiet. (laughs) I will say this. In my worst times of fear and my worst times of doubt, the best thing for me to do was to be quiet and let God move. Shut up. Quit talking. Quit telling everything. Quit quit announcing everything that you feel and think. So many times we run around just telling everybody how terrible it is and how awful it is. And the truth is that God was going to fix the problem and he was going to fix the problem quickly for you. And you just couldn't keep your mouth shut. And even though he fixed the problem, everybody now knows you got one, okay? And the truth is, hold your peace and let God speak. Hold your peace and let God move. And I'll say that there's great wisdom in that and great understanding about how God works. He said, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now notice, God's dealing with Moses a little bit more abruptly. Why? Because Moses knows God. 
And uh, Moses has an understanding of how God moves and how God works now. And he's seen the hand of the Lord at work, and God is going to be more direct with Moses. Oftentimes, when you hire a new employee and you're training them, you're teaching them how to do stuff, and you're talking them through things, once they get to good at what they do, your instructions are going to be a little bit a little bit less. Your directions are going to be a little bit, have a little less information and a little less nuance to them. You're just going to say, get this done. And that is not a negative. That's not because you don't like them or you don't care about them anymore. That's an expectation that they're going to be able to accomplish what you've told them to do. It's a belief that now they have matured, they've gained the knowledge, they've gained the insight, and they are going to do what, what you have instructed them to do. And Moses is being treated that way by God. What a great place for Moses to be. We finally see Moses as the mature leader that he that God had always planned for him to be. We see him as the prophet. We see him as the as the deliverer who comes and delivers the children of Israel out of Egypt. And God says to Moses, "Why do you cry to me?" What he's saying is, "Don't no need to cry right now. We don't need to even get all upset about it. Just tell the Israel children of Israel to go forward. But lift your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it." And what he's saying is. I don't need to do it anymore. You know how to do it. You know how to operate in my power. You know how to operate in my commissioning. We have that power and we have that ability. And understanding that Moses is operating fully in the power of God, which God has always wanted him to operate in and always wanted him to have, is a personal thing for you that you ought to take to heart. You ought to think about it. Is God wanting me to operate in his power? Is God wanting me to not be afraid and to step out? Is God wanting me to become and to use that which I know about him? Is that who God is? Is that how this is working itself out? I would say to you that you need to lift up your eyes and lift up your hands and get to work in the things that you know God has for you to do. He told Moses, listen, you, you split the sea. I'm giving you that power. I've given you that rod. I've given you the voice of, of my voice. You speak the words that I have told you to speak, and you go and do what I've told you to do. And I'm giving you all the power. And so we see, he says, why do you cry out to me? Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the heart of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh over all his armies, his chariots, and his horsemen. What Mo what God's telling Moses to do is, you handle your people, I'm going to take care of the devil. In the South, that would be, that's really a fun way to say it. He says, you handle the people, I'm going to take care of the devil. And that's what he's doing. He's taking care of the enemy of God. He's taking care of the world and, and Satan's control over the world. He says, you take them across, I'm going to handle them. And then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Remember, these are the armies of Satan. This is the armies of the enemy that we're dealing with here. And God says, I'm going to go handle them. And notice, I want you to notice, it's the angel of the Lord. And anytime you see the angel of the Lord or the angel of God, you're talking about Jesus. So Jesus himself is there instructing Moses. He is saying to him, he's saying to him, you go forward. I'm going back here to handle these guys. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel, notice he's been leading them along the way, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went before them 
and stood behind them. Notice God is on both sides. He's in before them and behind them. He is leading them and he is protecting them. And they are in the midst of the presence of God. That's what happens when you operate in faith. That's what happens when you act in faith. You're in the midst of the presence of God. And when God is moving on your behalf, you need to join him in that movement. You need to not be afraid. You need to not question. You need to move forward. And that's exactly what's happening here. And Moses is Moses is getting to do what God made him to do. It's powerful. It's exciting. It's exciting to see Moses doing that. It's, so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, it, it was a cloud of darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Notice God, God created another darkness that the Egyptians were going to have to deal with, and, and it was a darkness such that they did not move forward. Same darkness that happened for three days and three nights in Egypt. God uses that darkness to stop the enemy. I want you to hear me. God is able to glorify himself even in the rebellion of Satan. And he glorifies himself in all things because he made all things. And that darkness that that is is the world, and you know that there is so much darkness and so much hate and so much pain in this world, he uses that darkness to stop the world from attacking his children. They don't want to move in that darkness. They want to hide. You got to remember, every person that's under the power and the influence of the world, the, every person that's walking in that darkness, they live in total fear all the time. Total fear all the time. And, and they are not willing to move in the midst of that fear. It says here that God provided his children light to move by, and he provided for the world darkness that they might not move and that they might not press forward. He divided the two. And let me say, this is, this is a truth of Scripture. We are divided. We are not the same. And the Apostle John says that in 1 John, anyone who loves the world has not the love of the Father in him. It's important to understand that there is a dividing line, and there is a dividing line for God's people, and there's a dividing line for the world. And we're not to be of the world. We're to be in the world and to be light to the world, but not of the world. And we're to be separated. And what separates us? Is it our, is it our lack of sinfulness? No, no, that's not what separates us. Is it, is, it, is it that we're better than them intrinsically? No, that's not what separates us. What separates us is the light of God's presence. What separates us is the hope and the faith that we walk in. And when we have that presence and we have the direction, and then we choose to walk by faith, that's what makes us different. That's what makes us who we are as God's people. And let me encourage you to press in to do that, to focus on being God's people in God's day. Uh, let me say this. Do what God has told you to do, and you walk in that light yourself. We're going to see, starting next week, that they cross over. We're going to see the destruction of Egypt, and uh, we're going to see their movement toward realization of who God is. This is their first real personal experience of the power of God. And uh, notice it happens through the night to the morning. And God is a resurrection God. He provides us with his resurrection power in the morning. And hope comes in the morning. 
And I pray that as you will go through the rest of your week this week, that you will walk with God by faith and that you'll be still and see his salvation, that you'll be quiet and listen to his voice and that you'll know he's your God and that you are his people. Don't miss out on being assembling yourself as the body of Christ, whether you're in Davil, Alabama, in the Stillwaters, in the Lake Martin area, or if you're elsewhere all over the world, meet with other believers, meet with other people who are trying to hear God, trying to trust God, and trying to walk in faith with Him. Make sure you don't miss out on that. It is, it is crazy to be out there in the world alone by yourself. Lone Ranger Christians always end up shot, okay? Don't do that. Walk with other believers and and meet with other believers. There's strength when we come together. And I pray that you'll do that Sunday morning. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.